Hi, this is Henry Brigman back with another episode of Sweet Home PCB. We're featuring debut author Jessica Ayers and her new book, Your Partner is Dead. Now what? We'll be talking about grief, we'll be talking about family, and we'll talk about how we can raise some money and help out with victim advocacy right here in Bay County. Right now, this edition of Sweet Home PCB. This is the first time I've had you in studio, and I've known you for a little while. How I got to know you was you were on News 13, and you did a story about your son with ADD. I did. That was like almost three years ago at this point. (laughs) And that was a great story. It really stood out because a lot of people don't understand how to deal with their children with ADD, much less adults. Yes, it's it's just a commonly misunderstood disorder. I think it's viewed so negatively in our society, and instead of of expecting kids with ADD to fit into a certain mold, I think that we need to um, fit their mold a little bit more and adjust to them. What are some things that you do at home to kind of help out? We do a lot of timers. Timers really help. We do a lot of structure. Um, We do a reward system. That helps a lot. Those are, I think those are the main things. That gives my daughter a list of things so she can make sure I stay on track. <laughs> <laughs> because it's hard. I mean, if you find out in your 40s, it's a challenge. Yes, there's been so many people, especially, you know, in a later generation, that it wasn't a thing back in the day. So they lived their whole life undiagnosed and thinking there was something wrong with them or different about them. And... Um, I'm glad that at least there's more of an understanding in today's day and age. When I was growing up, it was always, you, know, you take Ritalin, take Ritalin. No, but oh, Ritalin really wasn't the answer, what it was to help you at that time. We didn't realize that diet has something to do with it. I remember my daughter, she couldn't have this red dye or something like that because it'd make her just go berserk. It just was awful. Her focus would be totally gone. Everything would be totally gone. When I do a little too much sugar, that's exactly what happens to me. And I'm thinking, I'm getting all upset with her, but I'm the one wanting to go to Shoney's for a hot fudge cake. (laughs) Yeah, very true. We definitely try to limit my son's sugar, especially in the evenings. Of course, we're talking about a lot of things here with Jessica Ayers, not only because she's a mom, but she's also got a new book out. I remember her story very well. I follow her on Facebook at The Singing Widow right there on Facebook, Instagram. you got a great blog on there as well. Thank you. I really wish I would have known Justin because Justin just seemed like the coolest guy in the world. He really was. And I do feel like it's kind of like the air was just let out of the world just a little bit when Justin passed away because he wasn't just intelligent because he was one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. He was so funny. He was so talented, like beyond talented above where most people's talent would be. And he was so caring because he taught guitar lessons. He taught a bunch of, you know, students, 50 something students he taught for over 10 years. And they just they just adored him and they thought of him just as someone that they could really look up to and he really had a passion for that i could tell reading your different posts on him and reading different posts along your life on on how you were handling grief for all these years and i'm very proud of you as one of your friends and and fellow former broadcaster and everything for you writing this book my partner is dead now what I love the title. Where did that come from? I just really, I really wanted a title that just expressed how I felt 
in those moments after Justin died. And I really just kept repeating, now what? Now what? What am I going to do with my life now? How am I going to pay my bills? Now what? Like, I just kept repeating that. And I didn't realize at the time, obviously, that that was going to end up being the title for my book or that I was even going to write a book. But that was how I felt. So I said, I'm going to come up with a title that just it just cuts through all the clutter and it just gives you exactly what this book is about. And I just that's how I landed on that. And it was a big experience. And it was something that I would I wouldn't wish on anybody. Here we are. Everybody expects when you have a child and you bring him home, it's going to be one of the most joyous moments of your life. We don't expect someone to be in the next home shooting a gun carelessly and losing your partner in the next home. That had to be the most horrifying moment of your life. Yeah, I mean, there's not really, I try to put it into words, but I feel like as many times as I talk about it, there aren't really words to describe just how agonizing a moment like that is to to just destroy one of the happiest moments of your life. You, you basically have your happiest moment transformed to your hardest and toughest moment you'll ever face. There was a lot of um, it's not fairs and all of that. Looking back on it, it's not fair. You know, there is a lot in this world that is not fair. And you never think that something like that is going to happen to you. It's something that you read about on the news. You know, it's a news story. Um, The most recent one where the bride and groom were on the golf cart and they the bride gets killed, you know, right there on the golf cart right after her wedding. I mean, I related so much to that story that just I think that's just been recent, like in the last month. And I was so heartbroken by it because it's just you take a happy moment. You take, you know, one of the moments that's supposed to be at the top, you know, this milestone you know, there's not much, much bigger moments in life than having a child or getting married and you, 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 you know, lose it all just in, in a second. You know, it's just, it's just horrible. And I know that it actually happens a little bit more than I realized, you know, that it did at the time. And my story is probably, you know, the most unique of its actual kind. You know, a lot of there's a lot of stories of the moms dying in in childbirth and and that type of thing. But to have the death occur now you're home and everything's great. And now your husband dies while he's standing in his living room like that doesn't happen. You know, that's that shouldn't be reality. That should be something you read about in a in a book or, you know, see in a movie. And he was about to do something that I do all the time. Yeah, he was actually going to Po folks. Wow. It was Po folks because we had ordered takeout from Po folks. Okay. And he was going with um, his aunt to help her get the food right down the road. That was that was it. Probably very hard for you to do that now. Yeah. We do tend to focus in when something traumatic happens. There's usually something that triggers a memory or something that you just. You don't want to have anything else to do. Absolutely. Yeah, I have not eaten at Po Folks since. Nothing against Po Folks because I know people love it and it has absolutely nothing to do with what took Justin's life. But for me personally, it's just something that I've decided I, you know, I can't really do anymore. I'll eat fried chicken from Publix, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) their fried chicken's good enough for me. Everybody has to go their own walk. And is keeping the memory alive without you've learned to do that what are some things that helped you oh gosh i talk about this in my book a lot um 
I think that we all have something unique that, you know, will help us cope. And I use the word cope because it's not ever something that you can get over or get past. It's just something that you can incorporate into your life. And for me, I really said, like, I put myself in a grief bubble. And I think that you have to be in a grief bubble for the beginning phases of traumatic grief because it's all too hard. Like the pain, the reality, it's too hard to to really take in all at once. And so you have to take it in doses. You know, you have to let the reality of the situation come in 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 small doses. And so I did a lot of traveling. Um, It was really hard for me to be home, um, mostly because Justin's death was very publicized here. So I always felt like I was being pointed at and looked at everywhere I went. And then also, you know, a lot of therapy. I got into therapy right away. I didn't even question getting into therapy. I had never been to therapy in my entire life. And it wasn't something that I was against. It just had never occurred. And I was like, yeah, I'll get into therapy. And then I would say like one of the other like really, really big aspects of what got me through was just my support system. And you've got to have people who are supporting you and helping you no matter if they're just going to the grocery store for you or sleeping in bed with you or calling you and talking to you for hours on the phone or even 10 minutes, you know, every little bit helps and every little, little bit of support is just essential during that time. Words can hurt and certain words and certain phrases we've all said well-meaning, but quite honestly, they stick a knife in the heart especially with someone grieving. Uh, I think both of us agree that when someone says, oh, they're in a better place now, Mm. that is like, that pretty much wants you to kick the crap out of them, really. The other part, you kind of restrain a little bit. That's really (sighs) words like that, phrases like that, that are well-meaning, but truly thoughtless. Hurts. I think the word is insensitive. They're very insensitive to what the person's going through and they're very non empathetic. You know, we lack a lot of empathy in our society. And I, I'm finding out, especially um, after you go through something like I've gone through, you realize how little empathy we have. And, you know, empathy is something that it, it's kind of, it can be hard to, to, to have, but if we really just try to put ourselves in that person's situation, you would realize that's the last thing you want to hear. If you, as a as a grieving person, whether it be you're grieving your child or you're grieving your brother or sister or your spouse, want to come to that conclusion of they are in a better place, then that's your place. That that's your narrative to come up with. And if that makes you feel better and helps you cope, then that's for you to decide, but it's not for someone to come to you and say they're in a better place now because what that is actually saying is it's okay. They died. It's okay. Get over it. Move on because they're in a better place and it's trying to justify their death in a positive light. And when you are in the throes of grief, that's the last thing you really want to hear. If you're in the, in that moment, What's probably some of the better ways 
to help and support somebody in grief. You know, there is the standard phrase of sorry for your loss. That one is okay, even though it doesn't really hit the right notes. It's still okay. That one didn't really bother me. I think the problem is people try to come up with the right thing to say when there is no right thing to say. Because like we say, it's all different for everyone. And what one person wants to hear might not be what the other person wants to hear. So I think instead of trying to say the right thing, it's more of your actions, you know, showing up at their funeral, sending them a text that says thinking of you today, um, calling them up, even if they don't answer the phone and saying, I'm thinking of you today, please reach out if you need help or heck, don't even at, wait for them to reach out. Just bring them groceries to their house or, you know, send them a gift card, anything that can help them with because the everyday tasks are just daunting in that time. And you just really need help. You need help just to cope and just to live and to breathe, you know, and also when they're a little later on in their grief, you know, I think talking about their person is good. I think that um, it's kind of hard in the beginning phases as, you know, it's like, don't remind me of how great they are because I know how great they are in the beginning. But once you get a little bit further down the line, I think that that is where you do want to talk about them and you do want to remember them. But there's kind of a timeline for that. And we kind of have to like wait until the person's ready for that aspect. Jessica Ayers on Sweet Home PCB with us talking about her book, My Partner is Dead. Now what? Of course, we got a big event we'll be talking about in just a little bit coming up on Friday, May 26th. That's going to feature food, live music, door prizes for the upcoming book release. We'll be talking about that just a moment from now. Some of the things that we really notice is these days we find out about people dying on Facebook. Yeah. I mean, that's how a lot of people found out about Justin. You know, and that was in 2014. You know, I think that it's crazy that it's become like a, a new source of trauma and everything. And and truly, it's like I remember one one of my favorite aunts passed away, and I I found out about it that way. I was well, quite honestly, I was pissed for at least an hour. I mean, I was I was more angry than grieving. I guess it is part of the grieving process because I found out that way. Yeah, and it hurt. I mean, it it truly hurt. But I also know that uh, the family members were already going through a loss that they couldn't understand, they couldn't, you know, deal with. And a nephew of of an eighty something year old, you know, kind of low on the list, truly, uh, on the people that. They're but still call. family. Still family. Yes. I can understand because really, at the time of where everything was going on and everything they were going through. I understand, but yeah, that hurt. I think we're just so disconnected as a society. You know, we don't pick up the phone and call each other anymore. You know, we don't just drop by and say hello at someone's house. We go on social media and that's where we announce, well, we're engaged or we're having a baby. And I really try, obviously, for my close circle to give them the information first before I make it public. And I think that, you know, it's just easier for some people to, oh, let's put this information out there because it just it will reach everybody. And then it I don't have to tell people individually. And I think that's OK once you've like really given that information to people individually. But it's really important to preserve those private moments 
for, you know, your close friends and family when you can. And I'm sure that I know you you took off. You just did not do Facebook after Justin died for a while. You took a break from everything. Yeah, it was very, very triggering for me. Um, and because Justin's death was very public and traumatic, it was it was being you know, it was talk, being talked about and shared and, and it was almost just like this hot topic. And for me, it was like the end of my life. You know, my life was over and I just couldn't do it. And, and seeing also everyone just kind of go on with their life and be happy. It was too, it was too hard for me to see, you know, because they all looked like, oh, we're just living life as normal. And here I am drowning, you know, in the pool right next to them. And they don't see me over there drowning. And they're over there, you know, cheersing their glasses to their successes and everything going on. Meanwhile, I'm over here literally drowning in my life. And um, it wasn't their fault. You know, they were just going on with their lives. And, you know, my my trauma and my grief wasn't their their life. And now I see that more clearly. But in the moment, it's it's really tough. Well, I know my wife, Shelly, agrees with you when it comes to one quick word on Facebook. It's fake book. <laughs> yes. I know we, we do a lot of stuff there. We do, we do Facebook Lives each week. I'll, I'll do all that. But we do understand that your close circle is not the 2,000, 5,000, 20,000 followers or more uh, that you have. There's a lot of people that, you know, are connected in a way that understand what you're going through and or went through, they uh, they kind of want to cheer you on. Of course, most of them pretty much want something else. You know, <laughs> we won't say what. This is a family show. <laughs> it's really a shame that our society is so heavily influenced by social media and having that picture perfect photo or having that picture perfect vacation, you know, and if you don't put it online, it didn't happen in real life, you know, and I'm an influencer. I have a, a large following on Instagram. So I do share a lot of personal moments. And that is really my job is to share those personal moments. Um, but I really do preserve the the actual personal moments for the people I, that I'm actually with. And I don't share everything. But one thing I make sure I do on my page is I show the the good and the bad. You know, I had a breakdown on my Instagram page not too long ago because I was upset because of something that didn't work out with my audiobook, And I was just being honest and angry. And, um, you know, I think it's good that we we show people the, the reality of the situation instead of just the fakeness of it all and trying to be so perfect all the time, because we're not. We're very far from perfect. Uh, getting back to your story with with going through the grief Christmas one of your favorite holidays and that first Christmas was extremely hard for you yes I started just dreading Christmas almost immediately and that you know Justin died in in June so Christmas was what seven months away or six months away I can't do the math I'm not a mathematician um but I I it was tough and um, this is something I don't talk about in my book, but with my therapist, I actually, um, I wish I would have included this story. He wanted to desensitize me to the holiday. So we actually went into Sam's Club and he had me walk down the Christmas aisle with all the garland and the, and the bulbs. And I'll never forget that moment. It was just so painful. And it was probably like two months before Christmas even happened. So I really started 
facing my Christmas triggers months ahead of time because I knew it was going to be so hard. Of course, nowadays you can do that in July, right after it would have happened. No kidding. I mean, I'm surprised they don't have it out now. Christmas is on steroids in the United States. I celebrate Christmas, but let's not do it in July. (laughs) No, definitely not. I remember doing radio and doing, you know, playing Christmas music in November and people thinking I was crazy. Well, I probably was, but that was also (laughs) after the war in 2001 and we needed something to kind of get our minds off of things. Something happy. Yeah. But unfortunately in a situation like yours, because y'all loved Christmas so much and then here we're going into a situation where you've got Jack's his first Christmas and just seeing his eyes light up at the Christmas lights. Yes. That was something. That was almost like a double edge. It was happy and sad at the same time. I think that you just accurately described the entire first year of my, my life as a widow because my, my experience with being a widow also incorporated my experience with being a mom because I became a mom and a widow basically at the same time. So all of my son's firsts were also my firsts as a widow. And that just added an extra layer of pain um, because I should have been just so joyous in these moments and excited about them. But instead, I was dreading them and mourning them. Grief is really individual. I think you agree with this. especially. I mean, because you had your rounds of grief. Later on, you met Don and you married Don. Yes. (laughs) Super guy, by the way. And he does something that a lot of men don't do is he actually honors Justin's memory and your relationship. Yes, it's very important to Don to help me honor Justin um, for a few reasons. You know, I kind of knew Don before when I was with Justin and he saw us together and would come watch our band play. He was just, you know, he was a random acquaintance. He wasn't like a good friend or anything. So that, that, you know, Don actually was at Justin's funeral. So he, he was like a part of the grief in his own way, obviously from a distance because we weren't close back then. But then also the biggest aspect is Jack's, you know, Don knows that he's raising Justin's child as his own. And it's so important for Don, you know, to help keep Justin's memory alive for Jack's. Don knows that if he, if the roles were reversed, you know, he, he would want his child to remember him and to know who he was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he does a wonderful job of really navigating life as a dad um, raising, you know, another man's child. And then not long ago, uh, the two of you had a, a precious little girl, you know, and that was a tough road to get to that as well. Yes, we, me and Dawn got married four years ago and we immediately started trying to have a child together. I really wanted a do-over, you know, my whole experience with having a baby, having a child, becoming a mom was just covered in grief. So I was like, okay, this is my chance to to do this again. And then we were faced with infertility issues. So we struggled. It was, it was a different type of grief and it was piled on top of the grief that I already had. And um, we went through IVF and we got very, very lucky with our first round of IVF, having our precious baby Sloan. And she is about 10 months old now. And she is just, she is definitely our rainbow baby because I say she's not just 
my rainbow because I did have a miscarriage. She's not just the miscarriage rainbow baby, but she's my rainbow after my major storm of everything that's happened in my life. She's definitely a big blessing to y'all. She is. She's so precious. <laughs> you have such a wonderful family. You've got a, a, a lot of great things that are happening in your life. Really, to be able to tell your story and to tell it in the book and do something good at the same time, that's got to be awesome. I do. I feel very, um, I feel very fulfilled right now. I just feel, um, even though, like I say in my book, that grief and that pain and that trauma, I like to tell people I live in this strange sideways world to where I have my, my just in life. I have my middle life where I was grieving and just really dark. And now I have my life now and I'm somewhere kind of in all three worlds, but I, I feel blessed to be able to use my platform and what happened to me to be able to help, you know, if even just one person, you know, that was my goal in the beginning and I've been able to reach millions. So I feel so honored to be someone that they come to, you know, in a dark moment of their life. My partner is dead. Now what? Jessica Ayers with us. And you've got a book signing that's coming up uh, on Friday, May 26th. Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, of course, food, live entertainment, door prizes. Obviously, that's things that I will look out for. But this this is a little bit bigger than just that. Yeah, this is my way of saying thank you so much to this community here. Um, after Justin died, they just really lifted me up. There was fundraisers and um, so many people just gathering around us. You know, I don't even know how many people were at Justin's funeral because I... It was it's all blurry, but it was a lot, you know, Almost so many people showed up to his funeral to where they had to fill up the whole a whole nother um, building at the church. So people just really wrapped their arms around us. And I really wanted I felt like this was a moment for me to really come back to the community who really helped me through that those first, you know, terrible moments um, or years and to say thank you. And that's kind of what this uh, book release party is about. It's on a larger scale. It's not just some, you know, let's have some cupcakes and sign a few books. You know, I decided to turn it into a fundraiser. And it's, it's a great idea, creating the Justin Ayers Memorial Fund with Gulf Coast Children's Advocacy Center. You're looking to not only help victim advocates provide the services and resources they need to help others, but you're also honoring them because of all they did for you during your time. We decided to create this fund with the Gulf Coast Children's Advocacy because um, they they really help a lot of victims of crimes, not just children, but adults as well. And I had a victim advocate. My victim advocate, Shavina Jackson, she works for the sheriff's department. I still have such a soft place in my heart for her because I'll never forget those moments where she shows up at my parents' house and I'm like, who are you? You know, and I was obviously not in a place to really care about seeing strangers, but she somehow was able to just cut through the noise and talk to me in a way that helped. And, um, you know, then we had a trial and we had to go through the whole trial process and we had a different, you know, victim advocate that would reach out and, and explain what was going on. I mean, they were really there for us. And when you are affected by a crime like that, that's what these people do. 
And, you know, there's people that, you know, aren't as fortunate as me. I had a home to live in. I had um, I had money. You know, I wasn't going broke. But some people don't have that. And that's what this fund is going to be. It's going to be a fund that people can even from the sheriff's department can draw from to help their victims that are in immediate need of, you know, things like clothing and food and room and board got a lot of friends in this community that have been helping out to get this done and of course we got to brag on a few folks <laughs> yes definitely you know because I, I i want to first off say that uh even though we've known each other on social media for a while uh the person that absolutely said you've got to talk to her get her on your podcast Britt gonzalez uh of course Britt. Who doesn't love Brit in this community? Karen Smith, her, her mother, of course, the folks over there at Beachy Beach, they do a wonderful job. Hey, did you imagine somebody who works for KW actually saying something nice about somebody at another brokerage? Well, actually, yes. <laughs> That's because we're all one big family here in this community, and we really are. I mean, you see that in broadcast. You see that in law enforcement. You see that in uh, hospitals and medical. You see that uh in real estate. And we all are in this community is something about that. I don't know if it's just because of what we went through with Hurricane Michael or other events, but in this community, when we talk about Bay County hospitality, it is way like 10 times bigger than Southern hospitality. Absolutely. I mean, it's unreal. And of course, I think that's some of the sweetest people that I've ever met. And they've helped me a lot off the air and and great advice on real estate as well so i definitely want to my hats off to them and and them helping you as well to make sure this gets together and gets this. yes uh brit has been just a godsend i say i work with karen a lot because i do social media coaching and so i'm one of her i I'm like her Instagram coach and I'm also working with her on her book, which um, we just uh, did a lot of formatting on last week, kind of as her book coach. So I work with Karen a lot. And so I was kind of able to connect with Britt, obviously through Karen and just came to Britt for advice. Like, hey, I'm trying to throw this big this big book release party. You got any suggestions? And she realized I didn't have any clue what I was doing. (laughs) And she was like, I am going to do this for you and I am going to help you do this. And she has been amazing. Like she knows what she's doing and I'm not going to be able to thank her, thank her enough. And obviously, you know, I'm going to help her. And she is, she is a fellow writer as well. And she has a beautiful poetry book. We are wildflowers. Mm -hmm. So you have to check that out too. If you haven't picked one of those up. Oh yeah. Well, that's the thing. We, we really need to support local you know, and we have such great talent here and so many great stories to talk about. Uh, As someone who is big on history and somebody that really loves learning more about this place that became my home, uh, it's, it's just amazing to see all the things that have happened here, especially those events, you know, in Panama City Beach. If you think about, uh, we were talking off the air about one of your favorite places that you wish was here again. Yeah, Runaway Island. Well, there is a Runaway Island, but it's different than the Runaway Island from when I was a kid. Because the one when I was a kid was right there on the beach and they had the big playground and we used to drive our sea up there and then go play. And man, I missed that place when it was gone. 
I mean, there's so much here that we missed, but what the, one of my goals after talking to some of my friends downtown, especially when it comes to like the old photos and stuff, I'm going to have old photos here to remind me and, and to remind my clients when they come in so they can just see what this yeah. what it used to be. And let's also celebrate what it's going to be. I think history class does a good job of that. Oh, yeah, they, they do. incorporate a lot of the different um, aspects of, you know, um, the history of Panama City. And I do think that it would be great if there was more of that, because there is a lot of great history here. And I did learn that when I was a reporter at News 13. And it was really cool to kind of dive into some of that, like the Martin Theater and and different aspects of the community, for sure. Yeah. So what's your favorite memory growing up here? My favorite memory growing up is what I just talked about, I would say. Just um, going to the beach with my family. Well, let me correct that. When I was a kid, I hated just going and sitting on the beach. But we had a sea do So we'd go to Shell Island and we would just have so much fun. We didn't have a boat, but we had that jet ski. So we would load up um, in shifts. You know, we'd put in at Carl Gray Park and then some of the family would sit on the dock while my dad would take, you know, three or four, two of us over and then come back for the other two. So we'd take it in shifts and then we'd spend the day at Shell Island. You know? Yeah. Don't forget uh, coming up Friday, May 26th, the book signing. Also uh, helping out our friends with uh, Gulf Coast Children Advocacy Center, Justin Ayers Memorial Fund, getting started up, helping out at victim advocates, providing the services and resources they need for those that are impacted in crimes locally. And I, I tell you, losing your husband is a pain that most people do not know. And a lot of times we forget how to say the right things. There isn't really a right thing, right, Jess? Right. There's never the, quote, right thing to say. So just try to be sensitive and just try to be caring. We look forward to seeing that book signing. I hope that each of you have a chance to read it. Can I mention something real quick? Yes. Um, You do need a ticket. If you're coming to the event, you need a ticket. They're only $10 on Eventbrite. Um, You can even just look up It's All Happening Eventbrite, and it would pop up because that's the name of the event. Um, We do have VIP tickets, which gets you 40 raffle tickets a piece, and those are $50 a piece. Really, the charging for the ticket is really just a way to get people to commit to coming. So Mm -hmm. you can't just show up at the door without a ticket and get in because we only have so many uh, people that we can let in because we have, you know, a limited amount of space. We do uh, tend to show we have a Bay County <laughs> last minute. <laughs> yeah, was last minute to show up. Yeah, just try to get your ticket, I would say, at least a day before, but we're really trying to narrow it down to, you know, the 23rd to three days before, really, you know, um, we might be selling a few more tickets after that, but. And considering that we're doing this to benefit this wonderful program, uh, it's, it's a better idea to go ahead and do that. And even if you're not going to go, make a donation. Yes, yes. We have a way to make a donation. Um, You can donate directly to their Venmo, um, Gulf Coast Children's Advocacy Center. And we have that information on Facebook. Um, Or you can even just send a check in. You could just have to make sure you write on there, Justin Ayers Memorial Fund. And we make sure that it goes directly to them. So um, you can even contact me about how to donate if this is all too much, you know, and we're too confused about how to do that because I know it can get confusing. There's a lot of stuff we've been talking about and a lot of things that they might forget about. But the one thing we can't forget about is doing the right thing when people are going through grief and being a little more sensitive and acting more 
if you act more instead of just say those words that you're so used to, you'll make a much bigger impact on those families. And that's one of the things that we have to learn as a society and especially around here because I, I have seen it. I've seen it. Uh, my wife just lost her mother and her best friend in a matter of a couple of weeks, just in April. Yeah. And I've, I've seen it. I've seen things, you know, people say the same five, I guess probably top five. Yes. That we, you know, I won't even repeat them, but we all know what they are. Yeah. And it does come across as insensitive. It does. And we really mean well, you know, if you've said those things, um, some of these phrases that I talk about in my book um, to someone who's grieving, don't beat yourself up, up about it. You know, we know that your intentions are pure, but try not to do it anymore. You know, we can live and we can learn from our mistakes or from, you know, our experiences. And I really hope that, you know, some people walk away from if they read my book even if you're not a griever, kind of learning how to understand how to support someone who's grieving, really. All right. Friday, May 26th, 6.30 until 9, Bay Arts Alliance. They're on East 4th Street downtown. You definitely want to go do that. Get your ticket ahead of time. And if, where can they follow you online? You can follow me on Instagram at The Singing Widow or Facebook at The Singing Widow. And I'm also on TikTok. Jess, thanks for coming in on Sweet Home PCB to tell us more about your event. And of course, your book that really means so much because really I have seen some things in that book and I read it. And, and it changed my perspective on some things as I will share on our Facebook page at Sweet Home PCB, some of those. I encourage you to get the book. Your partner is dead, now what? Your life's not over, but it's gonna suck for you. Yes, please go get the book. Um, it's available on Kindle, which is ebook and hardback and paperback. And soon, very soon, it's going to be available on audiobook. And if you do get it and you really enjoy it, please leave me a review on Amazon as a self-published author. We just thrive on reviews. We really do. So it takes five minutes of your time and I would just love it. If you and maybe you can leave me one. Well, I definitely <laughs> will. I definitely will. And if doing self-publish, you need that to yes. get the attention. And because a lot of people won't see it right. without it. Yes. Yes. We need those reviews to help push the book to more people for sure. All right. And don't forget Friday, May 26th, Bay Arts Alliance is the location. Oh, it, it's all happening. The book release fundraiser going on, helping out the uh, Justin Ayers Memorial Fund at Gulf Coast Children's Advocacy Center. And let's help out these victim advocates, give them the resources they need because they really are a godsend. They do so much great work here in this community and we want to see you there. Yes, please come, please get your ticket. And it's going to be a super fun and exciting night. We'll have our final thoughts in just a moment. You're listening to Sweet Home PCB. If you have a chance, make sure you get your tickets and prepare for a wonderful evening that will help out and try to give more tools to victim advocates here in our local area. It's all happening, book release, party, and fundraiser uh, with Jessica Ayers at the Bay Arts Alliance on Friday, May 26th from 6.30 till 9 p.m., benefiting the Justin Ayers Memorial Fund at Gulf Coast Children's Advocacy Center. Want to make sure we get those tools and everything we need to help out those victim advocates because you never know, unfortunately, when you may need them. So find it on Facebook. Remember to follow Jessica. 
at the singing widow on Facebook and Instagram and get information on that and so much more. We'll have those links on our Facebook page and also on our main uh, page as we uh, upload the podcast for you to listen to. But again, this is something that's really important and something that needs to be talked about. Grief is something that is very individual. Grief can also be something that can either hold you back or could actually open your eyes in a new direction. That new direction will hurt not having that individual with you. But you never know what that life may be until you try. And of course, keep the advice that we gave you earlier. Uh, If you have nothing to say or don't know what to say, just your presence, just you doing something, acting, uh, showing your feelings that way, showing that you care that way means so much more than those words that we all grew up with that really cause more pain than it's worth even uttering. That's this for the special edition of Sweet Home PCB, powered by Keller Williams Success Realty, produced by Beach 95.1. We will get back to more stuff happening here in the Florida Panhandle in our next episode. We hope that you will plan to join us. Remember to follow us, like us, share us, and comment. Let us know what you think and what you would like to hear on this podcast in the near future. I'm Henry Brickman. You've been listening to Sweet Home PCB. Stream the greatest hits everywhere you go. You make my stream come true. With the Beach 95.1 app on Beach 95.1. Final thoughts for you today. Of course, grief is a very important thing to talk about. This day and time, we don't like talking about things that make us feel weak or think people think we're weak, especially on social media. But this is something that everyone needs to address. And we're going to have to deal with the effects of what happens and the way that we handle our grief can make a big difference, especially when you consider that grief really is very individual. How it affects you, not the same that it's how it affects me. But we can't judge each other by that either way. I'm Henry Brigman. You've been listening to Sweet Home PCB Powered by Keller Williams Success Realty and produced by our friends at Beach 95.1. We hope you'll join us again real soon as we talk about more of the things that matters to you here in the Panhandle. You're listening to Sweet Home PCB.